that night changed Seth Wells life forever another tornado came and went but caused little damage at 2:05 a.m. in Gofton Tennessee tornado number six briefly touched down rated at EF zero and caused light damage to one house at 2:25 a.m. tornado number seven hit Rennie Tennessee rated at EF two it did cause moderate damage to the area but luckily no one was injured, no one died, and like that, it was over, at least for most Tennesseans and Americans watching the news from the comfort of their home, though for many, the nightmare was far from over. There were 15 confirmed tornadoes, 26 fatalities, 300 plus injuries, and over $1.6 billion worth of damage. Second and third in Middle Tennessee were spawned from the same supercell thunderstorm. Now we want to take you inside the path of that storm and the damage it caused all the way from Benton to Cumberland County. In total, 24 people were killed in these tornadoes. That is the deadliest outbreak since the April 27, 2011 outbreak in East Tennessee. You see, for those directly affected, Damage caused by a natural disaster doesn't go away overnight, be it physical, mental, or financial. I asked Seth Wells to tell me about the house Tornado destroyed literally around him and how he dealt with losing his home. So, yeah, back in 2017, um, I got promotions at work with my previous job that I had and allowed me to afford more home essentially and i actually bought my very first house by myself so no one else was involved with the purchase and that was like my hard work paying off and so i had the house um since 2017 at that point so the house that was talked about is the very same house that i bought <laughs> uh, i tell you um, you know, it's just like my family says, as if we weren't born to have nice things. <laughs> but yeah, um, actually, insurance was phenomenal. Um, you know, being a first-time homeowner, uh, luckily I was guided in the right direction for a mortgage company to work with me and suggest things that um, you know some homeowners might not actually be aware of or take advantage of. And I actually overinsured my home. Um, I said, because the thing it is why you should always overinsure your home is because of inflation. Um, your house value will always increase, which means if you ever have to rebuild it because of a fire or natural disaster, uh, you know, <laughs> and things of that nature, um, that building it will cost more. 
And so that extra insurance will help pay for that and you won't have to necessarily come out of pocket for it. Um, many of those things were explained to me and I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. They're like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more month, but, you know, you're protected in case something ever happens. I'm like, cool. Sounds good to me. Um, so when it, yeah, so when the inevitable did happen, yeah, so um, essentially everything got paid for. Uh, my whole mortgage got paid off. I got even money put in my pocket, and I'm talking some so a good amount of change in my pocket, so that way I could actually afford to get into another house immediately or start construction. Like I had no lag time. I didn't have to wait for anything if I didn't want to. Um, and in fact, I got into my new house within let's see, it was March. By the tail end of April, beginning of May, I got into a brand new house. Beyond the house, I asked about the media fallout after experiencing a disaster. Uh, it was, it, it's something that I will do my best to explain because it, it's, it's a lot of a blur at this point. Because whether it's the adrenaline or you're getting tossed and turned into many directions... Um, which really was the case, especially with myself and my newfounded fiance at the time. Um, you know, uh, so the day up after we got discharged from the hospital, um, I wanted to go see it. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to not see what happened. I wanted to be there because I still want to remember where we got up from the debris and figure out where we landed and everything. So, uh, going out there, you know, my family met me out there, uh, close friends met me out there the day of, and it was a holy shit moment. Like, how how even did we get out of this wreck? Uh, and uh, to say for obviously the, the meat of the story here, so a couple of days afterwards, you know, we stayed with my uh, soon-to-be mother-in-law's house, so I was there trying to pick up pieces luckily i had a ton of support so my friends family and people i don't even know were out there with like metal detectors and all sorts of things just trying to pick up the pieces and bring me something uh you know find stuff that uh was mine or things of that nature so basically picking up the pieces for a good long while um at that time also i have a job to get to but i didn't have a car i didn't have clothing really and so <laughs> uh it was just a, a mess because you're you're trying to figure out your insurances you're trying to figure out what even left do i have of that's mine or was mine and is it even salvageable then i got my work to go to but i really can't do that because i don't have transportation i don't have clothing my uniforms are gone um so it was quite a mess but i also had a good support system and I was able to work things out. Uh, of course, that after a month, then it started finding, you know, it's like we got to push on and move through. So whether it was forced, there really wasn't time to mourn or anything of that nature. We simply pushed through and forced ourselves to get back into work, get back into this sense of normalcy, uh, which really hasn't occurred in the, until recent and i'm talking like in the past this this beginning of this year is the first year that it has felt somewhat normal for us um but yeah yeah we had um i had nightmares 
for a little while, so I had post-traumatic dreams um, where, like, I would have the sensation of flying in the air because a tornado came and picked me up and stuff. Um, so I had, you know, I'd wake up in a cold sweat and be breathing heavily, but I would calm back down and recognize that I was indeed, you know, I'm still inside of a house. I'm still fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Um, my wife, on the other hand, um, she really didn't have dreams, but, uh, if we were allowed to, as far as her, even myself, if we were allowed to kind of space out on a long drive, you know how we're on the highway for a long time. If we just start thinking about it, it just, it just comes to my mind, uh, or her mind that just, just things about the tornado, just things about what happened and we might shed a tear or two about it or something of that nature. Uh, as far as those go, the, the dreams and the post-traumatic stress, um, that went away after about a month. But as far as weather is concerned, um, that has never gone away. Um, we've gotten better. So as far as storms and stuff are concerned, we keep a real close eye on it. We've actually gotten pretty good about forecasting ourselves. We've invested in weather radios and apps and all sorts of stuff because it's just, you know, it's one of those things where we don't want to get, we don't want it to happen again. We want to have that warning that we never got. Um, and so when it gets to really bad storms and stuff, we, we tough it out, but there's just certain instances with high winds, you know, when we hear the wind hitting the house or rocking the trees and stuff like that, it really puts us on edge. And actually not too long ago, uh, this last week when we had a really big severe weather push through, um, you know, the whole uh, Missouri, Alabama, and Tennessee, and we had those 60-mile-an-hour winds hitting the house and stuff, you know, we were actually out in the kitchen because it was the furthest <laughs> it was the furthest room away from any of the trees that we had in our yard. So, you know, that that's just those things that I think will forever stick with us. I don't think that's ever going away. Eventually, I mustered up the courage to ask Seth about the loss of his dog, Mando. Story of the poor dog being sucked away has haunted me the entire interview. Yeah, so I had uh, a few animals. Um, so Mando was actually my most recent uh, pet that I had acquired. I always wanted a corgi, um, but uh, I could never really find a purebred corgi in this area until I wanted, unless I wanted to really travel out. So I found a breeder. Uh, in Birdstown, which is only about an hour and a half away, that bred many Australian Shepherd and Corgi mixes. Adorable dogs. Uh, and so I fell in love and wanted them and brought him home. And I only had him for three months uh, at that point in time. So he wasn't really that old at all. Uh, I also had a chinchilla um, that I had for five plus years. In fact, I think I had him for six years at that point in time. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, Minzy, which was his name. <laughs> um, and then I had a Western hognose snake named Chester. And I had an, uh, <clears throat> well, luckily, I guess luckily, I say luckily very loosely, I had a fish tank with fish in it and stuff like that, but I recently traded it in because I was going to make a 200-gallon uh, uh, aquarium of freshwater native North American species. I had this big idea. I had 
the tank actually set up in my dining room at the time and it was almost complete where I was about ready to add water and do the cycle and, and eventually add the fish. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that was my, um, my pet catalog. <laughs> uh, Mando as far as it goes, you know, like I said, you know, it was, it was pretty rough. So like <clears throat> when we went back out there, I wanted to try and find traces of them. I wanted, uh, so uh, the, I guess I kept it the opposite. I kept in the back of my head, maybe they're alive, but I understood that they're 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 passed on. They're they're gone. So I found the cage where my chinchilla was, and I didn't see the chinchilla or anything like that. In fact, I didn't see any of the pets. I never found them. Never found anything of them except for uh, you know my my dog's chew toy. And that was actually what set me off because that was that was the only thing left I had of any of my pets was that tug of rope, you know, that rope that we play tug of war with. And so, you know, it, after that, I broke down and you know mourned heavily, and that ruined a lot of things for me. That that whole scenario ruined a lot of things. I was an avid Star Wars collector, and I had some really nice memorabilia. Um, yeah, I was actually part, of, uh, still am part of the 501st Legion. And so my stormtrooper armor that I would actually wear and go to events like Comic Con and so on and, uh, do things for, uh, like St. Jude's Children's Hospital, stuff like that, I got completely tore up. Um, I had an assault tank commander that I'd also dress up as. I had multiple signatures from, uh, Ian McDarmid, Mark Hamill. I had signatures and stuff like that from Weird Al Yankovic because I'd actually been on stage with him a few times and a lot of stuff that was either one of a kind or things that you're just not going to get anymore. And so not only with pets, but a lot of things that I used to love and enjoy, I just couldn't bring myself to start it again. You know, the stuff that you just can't get back and it doesn't have the same feeling without doing those things again like going back to the cons and doing all it just in my head it was like this is so much work it just it just it all comes down on you and you're like what's the point <laughs> I've lost it all what's the point of getting it again because who knows I might lose it again and it, you know it's it's stuff like that 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 that's that aftermath that happens uh, maybe not to everyone but for myself so it took a long while to get back into pets and I've only really recently collect a few things here and there like I, not to the level that I used to it's just eh, here's the thing I kind of like that I'll pick that up exactly you know it's just like um, you know I guess on the smaller scale of things relationships you know depending on how much effort you've put into those relationships or how long they've been you know that's an investment everything's an investment that you've been doing and you know, some things hit harder than others. And I will say going through a tornado and absolutely losing everything you ever worked hard for, the years of blood and sweat and tears to buy your first home, the amount of hours and money spent into collections and collectibles and things, the emotional attachments that you had with not only those objects, but the pets and things and, you know, 
what if I lost Danielle too? You know, what if she was dead over my shoulder and she never responded and things like that? I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine how much that would have messed me up. Finally, let's end Seth's story on a positive note. And, uh, you know, we had a Star Wars-themed wedding, so we made it a big wedding. In fact, our wedding was pretty much paid for. Um, When CBS News aired and a few other things aired, of course, the resources that you've been looking up, um, folks like yourself have found, two that were actually part of wedding venues and stuff like that. And we started getting people offering their time and their resources and and their venue and so on and so forth, of which, you know, (laughs) kind of going into the aftermath thing, we had gotten so much support, it was pretty overwhelming. Um, You know, it was like, I just don't know what to say. Like, so many people were involved with it. Um, We just kind of let it happen and thank people as, as it went and you know we were very thankful that we got what we got um but yeah uh, the wedding was practically paid for we all we had to do was purchase our clothes and uh the food and stuff like that but that was pretty much it yeah i mean we got anything from random churches just seeking us out to give us a check for things that the people at the church raised we had people who recognized us in the restaurant and paid for our food. Uh, restaurant owner found out that we were in there at Outback here in Cookville and said, your entire meal is free for your family. Just let me know when you want to cash that in. Uh, people brought clothes. Um, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I say families because they really are my follow first family, my Star Wars group. Um, I'm also with the Harley chapter here in Cookville. so. Um, you know, all my hog members and they're, you know, that's my family on that end. As far as motorcycles go, they brought me things and, uh, it just, it just didn't really stop. (laughs) And then, you know, my mom ended up putting up a GoFundMe for us. And that was insane. Uh, the amount of people who had donated to help us get back up on our feet and stuff. And, and, uh, we even had, uh, my wife's previous bosses you know because we didn't have a vehicle or anything like that gifted us a car um you know nothing new nothing crazy fancy or anything like that but it was something it was a you know i could finally get to work and stuff like that um you know it just it it was insane the amount of support that came through but not everyone gets their happy ending thousands of residents were displaced according to fox 17 40% of homes destroyed in the tornado outbreak are now occupied by new owners, new families, meaning these displaced residents lost their home forever. There was no going back. And what about those that lost their lives? Donna Eaton, 81, and James Eaton, 84, died in their sleep when a tornado hit their home. Josh Kimberlin, his wife, Erin Kimberlin, and their two-year-old child, Sawyer Kimberlin, all died. Two-year-old Sawyer died in the arms of his parents. Jessica Clark, 31, died in the home of her and her husband. Her husband survived. Terry Curtis, 54, and his son, Dawson Curtis, 6, died. 
Dawson was being watched by his longtime nanny, Amanda Ann Cole, 34, who also died. Hattie Collins, age four, died. She was one of five children, all younger than 13. Her father, Matt Collins, was running, holding on to Hattie. When he dove for the floor, the tornado hit the house and the family found themselves outside in the dirt, somewhere near the front porch. In all the commotion, Hattie died in her father's arms, CNN reports. Hattie didn't make it, but Collins said she was always held, just like she loved to be. According to Fox 17, Stephanie Field, 36, and her son, Harlan Marsh, 5, died when a tornado hit their Cookville home. Stephanie was a single mother and worked at the SunTrust Call Center. Todd Kohler and his wife, Sue Kohler, both died during the storm. Their age hasn't been reported. Patricia Lane, age 67, died during the storm. She left behind both children and grandchildren. Leisha Elizabeth Rittenberry, age 28, died. Her friends remember her for being great at karaoke. Bridget McCormick, only 13 years old, died during the outbreak. Her obituary describes her as loving TikTok. So yeah, it drives into heartbreaking focus as she was just a teenage girl. Keith Shelby and his wife, Kathy Shelby, both died. Age not reported. Jamie Smith, 36, died during the storm. Robert Dixon survived the initial tornado, but later died in the hospital from his injuries. And to finish things off, Michael Dolphini, 36, and his girlfriend, Aubrey Sexton, 33, both died from flying debris when they were leaving Dolphini's place of work. The aftermath of any disaster has greater consequences than most care to realize. It's easy to turn off the television, close the newspaper, and go on with your life. But the thing is, how many disasters do you think that you've narrowly survived in your life? How many times did you come close to being on an obituary list, like I read before? Part of me thinks that we compartmentalize the dangers and fears of natural disasters as a coping mechanism. The ages I rattled off earlier brings into focus the gravity of the danger present each time you hear a tornado warning, broadcasting on your news, or when you get that weather notification on your phone, you half-heartedly swipe away. But unlike the killers I've covered in my other podcast, there's no way to reason with nature. And even if you survive, sometimes you're left only with the aftermath.
Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.